Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. We're in chambers this week to clear the docket. And with me is your neighborhood's Halloween judge, Judge John Hodgman. That's a judge that loves to put up a lot of Halloween decorations and turn the garage into a haunted chamber, I guess. You know, here in Brooklyn, New York, in Park Slope, where I live, there's someone who's got a 12-foot skeleton outside their house. 12-footer lawn skeleton. It's about two full-size men. It's like two two full-size humans, one on top of the other, but it's all one skeleton. I want there to be a 12-foot lawn-sized version of me out there. I'm going to commission Spirit Halloween to make that for next year. The judging judge. Here in Southern California, it really doesn't matter where you live. On your block, there is a guy who works in special effects and has made his house far too terrifying for children. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, either someone who's too too skilled in special effects or 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 too mm, I'm not gonna I don't want to throw any spooky Halloween shade at our friend Dana Gould. I was about to bring up Dana Gould. If you want to listen to a great Halloween episode, listen to this one. If you want to listen to a better Halloween episode, listen to the Dana Gould Hour. Hey, this is John Hodgman. I'm the I'm the judging judge. I should you know what I'm a judge of the damned. Let's say that. Oh. That's spooky day, spooky night. Halloween is coming up. And we have quite a few disputes concerning that very holiday. I'm the judge of the darned. I decide when you should throw away your socks. <laughs> All right. Just get new socks. We'll see you over there on the Dana Gould Hour. This is the show, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> we have so much spooky and Halloween-y docket action for you, and we are beginning with the subject of Halloween costumes. Very, very typical uh, subject for Halloween, costumery. My son Oscar just said he wants to be a squid in a tuxedo. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest. Uh, <laughs> So there are people who are Halloween costume people who spend months preparing. There are people who just, no matter what, they just have in their closet one hat with the top sproinged off, and they're mm-hmm. going to be a, a hobo come heck or high water. Um, and uh, there are couples who disagree about those things. So we have some disputes from couples who can't agree on themes for their couples' costumes. Couples costumes, a very popular category of costumes. You're going out with your loved one or partner and you and you you go matchy matchy. Here's something from Steven in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My partner Marin and I would like to do a couple's costume this year. I suggested that we dress up as Wirt and Greg from Over the Garden Wall, since we love it so much. Mm-hmm. She says we can't go as them because the characters are half siblings. It would be weird to dress as siblings when we are romantically involved. I don't want to do anything that makes her uncomfortable, but I don't think it will be as weird as she thinks. <laughs> Before we get into Wirt and Greg and Stephen and his, and his partner, Jesse Thorne, have you ever uh, gone out on Halloween night uh, or to a party with Teresa dressed in matching costumes or complimentary costumes, couples costumes? I don't know if Teresa and I have ever gone out on Halloween (laughs) (laughs) other than to take our children trick-or-treating. It was our dating anniversary. It was the first time we made out, I think. Whoa. Like properly made out. I think we had kissed before, but. In the graveyard? Yeah, pretty much. Wowee, that's incredible. I think it was in my mom's apartment, but my mom wasn't there. 
Well, what was the last Halloween costume you ever wore then, Jesse, with Teresa or not? Oh, wow. Um, I would say, I think about 10 or 12 years ago, I had a Pee Wee Herman costume. It was good. The white shoes and the gray shirt and the, the whole nine yards. That would, that's incredible. You would look great as a Pee Wee Herman. Although probably back then you did not have a beard. Yeah, I mean, with my beard, I would be more likely to play Pee Wee Herman as seen in the Pee Wee Herman story. The James Brolin <laughs> P.W. Oh, right. Herman. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you should go as James Brolin as P.W. <laughs> Herman this year. Although, since we're talking matchy costumes, I've got an idea for you. If, if Oscar's going to be a squid in a tuxedo, mm -hmm. you should be a, a narwhal in an opera cape. Sure. I mean, I have a few. I'd have to pick which one to wear. And you must have a few narwhal tusks. I mean, imitation. Yeah. Jennifer Marmer, you ever go matchy-matchy out for Halloween with Shane? Your husband, who's a whole person in his own right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been together almost 10 years. And last year was the first year we ever had a matchy-matchy costume. Yeah. Um, it was all Shane's idea. He got oh, our... Um, right. He's very tall. Well, not just Shane. It's just like the guy who usually is like, I've got an idea for both of us. It wasn't that big of a deal. I wasn't even planning on dressing up. We were going to take our kid trick-or-treating for the first time and i was like no one cares about me you know um but he he got um our toddler ezra a um stay puffed marshmallow man costume nice. and we both happened to have like proton um, packs yes <laughs> isn't that weird uh no we both happen to have like jumpsuits you know and right. so he's like we can be ghostbusters and he can be the stay puffed marshmallow man and um my jumpsuit is pink so I went as a lady Ghostbuster, the scariest thing of all. And <laughs> <laughs> you mean like it's scary to incels? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the scariest thing of all. Because they were threatened by what if a Ghostbusters movie was super funny. <laughs> yeah, I just went around ruining people's childhoods. Yep. Yeah, um, wow. That's incredible. So yeah, that was the first time we went matchy-matchy. I feel like the last time before that when we dressed up, you know, I was Wednesday Adams and he was Theodore Roosevelt. It was very mismatched. So. Mismatched is fine. The only yeah. time that uh, my wife, who's a whole human being in her right now, I went out, it was before we had kids and we went out matching, matching. And it was my idea, of course. And I don't know what I was thinking. She was a koala bear and I was a eucalyptus tree. <laughs> no, that's fun. Did not, it was very hard to pull off. No one understood it. Well, I mean, what if you had what if you had taken it one step further and uh, she was a kookaburra and you were an old gum tree? That would have been probably easier to pull off. Mm -hmm. She had a koala mask, but it, there is no mask for a eucalyptus tree. This was before we understood popularly that uh, and and truly that the koala population is racked with syphilis. It wasn't a joke on that news story. This was long before then. I don't know what I was thinking. It was terrible. But anyway, back to Stephen and Marin. Uh, are you familiar with these uh, characters, Wart and Greg? Either of you? I've never heard of them. I, I haven't what, seen what, this. Once again, I've heard of the show, but mm. yeah, I'm going to text you a picture of these nice of these nice half brothers that should show up in both of your text threads in the group chat. Yeah, that's right. We all we have a we have a friend group and a group chat. We're buds. Yeah, and the one on the right with the red with the red uh, well, it looks like a dunce cap. But the, the red peaked wizard cap is Wart W I R T. He's got kind of an opera uh, opera cape on as well, or a gendarme's cape, maybe. And he's the older brother, and he's a little worrywart. You can see, by the way, he's clasping his hands. And the, the younger one, grasping the frog with a tea kettle on his head, is Greg. 
He's the younger one, and he's the one who gets into trouble. And the trouble they're in, apparently, is they get lost in some haunted woods for a while, and then I don't want to spoil anything. They have adventures. And once again, this is this is a show created by someone named Patrick McHale, who worked on uh, Adventure Time, one of my very, very favorite programs. Uh, and it came out, uh, I would probably say almost a decade ago, 10-episode limited series. I got I got some feelings about this as a Halloween costume. What, do you, what, what are your feelings first, Jesse? I think it has the necessary distinctive elements to serve yeah. as a Halloween costume. People won't think you just normally dress that way. Well, people might think that I normally dress that way. But <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> for most. This dude, this dude with the cape does have a real Jesse Thorne vibe. I could see myself in a crimson dunce cap. Um, but yeah, I I think your your main challenge here would be in what crowd you're rolling. I think there are probably Halloween parties you could go to where people would be excited to see Greg and Wirt. Uh, and there might be some where people look at you, get a little worried expression on their face, and then go get another drink. <laughs> I I have to say, this is one of those situations where, I mean, I think this is a great looking couple of costumes. I think, I think I'd, I'd be really excited if anybody walked into my Halloween party wearing a tea kettle on their head, that would be incredible, but I would have no idea what was going on. And I certainly wouldn't know Marin that they were half siblings. This is another example. And I don't think it's just because I'm old. I do think it has a lot to do with the proliferation of media in this world and fandoms but like this is one of those things where it's like oh yeah this is probably a lot of people's favorite thing and i've never heard about it until this moment and so i think you're probably safe i don't think i mean unless you're going to a real over the garden wall themed party in which case everyone's going to be dressed like wart and greg probs you're not going to know that you're half siblings and i don't think that it's necessarily i mean you know like i don't think it's going to be necessarily an issue for anybody and even if they do know that these characters are half siblings i don't I can't imagine it would be an issue. Ultimately, you should do what you feel comfortable with, Marin. But I have to say, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I I, I do side with Stephen that I don't think this would be an issue. But if you don't feel like it, you don't have to wear anything you don't want to wear on Halloween. That's the point. Here's a case from Miles in Berlin, Germany. My partner Carnelian and I can't agree on a theme for our Halloween costumes this year. Carnelian wants to be Stolas, the owl demon, also known as Daddy Hoot Hoot from Has Been Hotel. I want to be a Phyrexian suture priest yeah. from Magic the Gathering. In the past, we've drawn inspiration from media we both enjoy, and we both like Phyrexians. I don't watch or enjoy Has Been Hotel. Carnelian argues I should like Has Been Hotel because my tastes aren't usually this wrong. They also feel it's only fair since they wanted to dress as Daddy Hoot Hoot last year. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who? Who? Says the owl or demon owl known as Stolas. Now, I've heard of Magic the Gathering, but may I ask Jesse or Jennifer, do either of you have any idea what Miles is talking about? No. No? And in fact, I when I was getting this uh, episode ready, I googled daddy hoot hoot to make yeah. sure that wasn't their own nickname for this character and that no, it's a real it's a real character yeah it's actually a real demon too but to, but i had to do some research on this and stolas aka daddy hoot hoot is a cartoon character 
from a, uh, a YouTube cartoon created by Vivian Vivzi Pop Medrano. Has Been Hotel is the original cartoon, but, but Daddy Hoot Hoot, aka Stolas, is actually part of the spinoff called Hell of a Boss. And it's about, basically, it's about workplace conflict in hell. And I'm going to tell you right now, Over the Garden Wall looks like a, a delightful, autumnal, spooky show for all ages at Halloween. Hell of a Boss is not for all ages. Just in, it is, it's very funny. It's very well done. It's beautifully animated. And it's got a lot of heart to it. It's not pointlessly crass, but it's got some adult adult themes to it. Stolas, a.k.a. Daddy Hoot Hoot, is, is, is this very tall, regal owl. I'll send you a picture of him. Are you at all concerned that if someone went as Daddy Hoot Hoot, they might be mistaken for Husk the Cat Demon? I, I'm, that's a reasonable, is that something? I don't know. What's a thing anymore? Now I have to Google another thing. I was just telling you all about Stolas Daddy Hoot Hoot, the tall owl demon. Husk the Cat Demon. Okay, I'll look this up. Yeah, it looks like Hus the Cat Demon from Has Been Ho- from also from Has Been Hotel. No, I think the Daddy Hoot Hoot uh, stands really love Daddy Hoot Hoot. I think they would get it. But the character of Stolas, uh, and indeed a, a number of characters in Hell of a Boss, is from an actual list of demons in a medieval text called the Ars Goetia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I look forward to your letters. Medieval persons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emails from the 14th century. I can't wait. Uh, but uh, Stolas is also known as Stolos, Stapas, and Solas. The Ars Goetia is is a list of demons and how to conjure them. And it was called a grimoire, which was a, a demonic book or a book of dark magic. Um, and it was believed that you could conjure this demon. And Stolas was a great prince of hell commanding 26 legions of demons. According to this Wikipedia entry, he teaches astronomy and is knowledgeable about herbs, plants, and precious stones, and he is often depicted as a crowned owl with long legs. Here's a picture from the actual grimoire, Middle Ages grimoire. This is the OG Stolas, who I'm really fond of. Look at that little guy. <laughs> we'll put him up definitely. I on love our, him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now this, this is a great demon. No lies detected. You can see both photos, all of the photos of these characters, including this long-legged owl from this middle-aged book of dark magic on our Instagram page at Judge John Hodgman, of course, and on the show page at MaximumFun.org. I mean, I love I love this original Daddy Hoot Hoot, the, the OG Solace a lot, but not to take anything away from the beautiful design of Vivian uh, Vivzi Pop Medrano, who has created something that people clearly love that I've never heard of. Hell of a Boss and uh, Has Been Hotel both have millions and millions and millions of views and real fandoms. And I've watched some of the episodes of Hell of a Boss, and this is a real character. Let me tell you what. And a Frixian uh, suture priest, obviously, is a suture priest from the plane of Frixia and Magic the Gathering. Let me send that along. There you go. Very spooky looking, wouldn't you say, Jennifer Marmer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very scary costume. Now, first of all, obviously, Carnelian can go as whatever they want to go as. I, I mean, I don't get I don't see what you're trying to get at here, Miles, that Carnelian should be a Frixian just because you both like, fi- excuse me, Phyrexians. Don't send me letters, Phyrexians. <laughs> no, they don't need to have, you don't need to have matchy-matchy costumes. The blood stains on my letter are my tears. <laughs> because it's they true. have blood tears. They have blood tears. In it's the true. picture. If you look yeah. at this, it's very scary. It's like white Venetian mask with blood tears. You know, look, you, costumes don't have to match. 
And I don't know why I don't know why it's the case that Carnelian wanted to be Daddy Hootoo last year, but wasn't. But whatever the reason is, now is the year. Now is the year to conjure this demon and learn about herbs and astronomy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I summon thee. I'm going to be honest with you, John. There is no chance that Carnelian doesn't already know about herbs and astronomy. I know, but I, but I, as a as a lowly mortal, and am hereby summoning to Berlin the demon known as Solus, the tall-legged owl, aka Daddy Hootoot. Let my will be the whole of the law and thus summon to this mortal plane, O Stolas. What if I actually summoned a demon? I better watch it. Stolas, I am summoning you to embody yourself in Carnelian this Halloween, but in Berlin. Both of you should stay away from me because your costumes are too scary. But absolutely, Carnelian, allow your body to become possessed by this demon for one wonderful night. And Phyrexian Suture Priest. Can you do anything about this scar on my forehead? Because they said it would disappear, but I need it's not. It's not. Maybe I need a little, maybe I need a little Phyrexian cosmetic surgery. Let's take a quick break to hear from this week's partners. We'll be back with cases about trick-or-treating in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really 
help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We're clearing Halloween disputes from the docket this week. We've already talked about costumes. Let's get into trick or treating. Here is a case from Audra in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Where I grew up near St. Louis, kids had to tell a joke in order to get candy on Halloween. Kids consulted joke books and prepared a repertoire of jokes to tell while trick or treating. I was 26 when I learned no one else does this outside of St. Louis and one part of Iowa. My husband was born and raised in New Jersey. When I suggested asking trick-or-treaters for jokes, he told me, absolutely not. He thinks it's embarrassing. Who's right? Ooh. Jokes for Halloween. I'd never, I had never heard of that. I, I love that these regionalisms exist. We have a sort of a regional tradition that has developed here in Park Slope, Brooklyn, surrounding trick-or-treating, which is that it doesn't happen anymore. No. <laughs> I thought it was just that you look for Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> that really should be it. There should be a Halloween scavenger hunt in Park Slope. It's like, you take a photo of the 12-foot skeleton, take a photo of Steve Buscemi, take a photo of John Turturro. What's Michael Shannon's costume this year? He doesn't need one, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> That Frankenstein's monster of a man. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, but we put out a, a bowl of candy last year and no one came by for the first time in years and years. All the kids in our building have grown up. And of course, basically trick-or-treating in Brooklyn is not going house to house, but it's shop to shop on 7th Avenue or, you know, whatever your retail street is. Huh. Did you ever have to tell a joke or do any uh, unusual in the Bay Area? Like... No, uh, other than watching out for roving packs of teens. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, there's no particular concerns. You ever get a razor blade in your itsit? No, the, no razor blades in itsits, but no like toilet papering trees or like egging houses. Mm. It was really just nice people giving candy to children <laughs> in cute costumes. And non-transactionally. No. There's child labor laws. Can't make a child tell you a joke. The whole point is trick or treat. The ch it's the child who you have to live up to the child. The child doesn't have to live up to you. Either you give that ghoul a treat, or they're gonna they're gonna trick you. They're gonna trick. That's the whole point. They're the de They're the demons, not you. I don't know. We did an online poll, which is always very scientific, to see if any of our listeners live in the St. Louis area could confirm this or not. Uh, this tradition of kids having to tell jokes. And not just in St. Louis, but also in uh, parts of Iowa, which was strange. And 48% answered, yes, they did have to tell jokes as kids. And maybe even continue to need to tell jokes in order to get their Three Musketeers bar or whatever. 52% answered no. But that's a pretty high number for yes, I would say. And we did receive a bunch of messages from folks 
attesting to this tradition. Tony, Marion, and Julie all confirmed that they grew up with this practice in St. Louis. Kate says she moved to St. Louis 10 years ago and was alarmed to hear her coworkers asking each other the day after Halloween, what was your kid's joke? So I, I guess it still goes on in St. Louis, but they no longer have a repertoire of jokes. The kids each have one joke. And indeed, Morgan, Caitlin, Hank, and Blake said that jokes in exchange for candy are also happening in Des Moines, Iowa. Blake went on to say that trick-or-treating in Des Moines takes place on the night before Halloween, and it's called Beggar's Night. And this was started in 1938 in order to curtail Halloween night-related violence. Okay. Uh, some of the some examples of classic Beggar's Night jokes from Blake's childhood 30 years ago include, here's a riddle for you, Jesse. Who is the world's greatest dead detective? Who is the world's greatest dead detective? Child John? Sherlock Bones. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you know, I can't, it's pretty, you know. This isn't one of, this isn't one of Blake's, it's just one from the internet. This is a good one though. Why did the headless horseman get a job? Why did the headless horseman get a job? Trying to get ahead in life. <laughs> you know how you can tell what's a, a good trick-or-treating house in Bloomfield, New Jersey? How? They give you a whole submarine sandwich instead of the fun size. <laughs> they eat subs, right? Bloomfield, New Jersey is subs, not hoagies. It's near Newark. If it's northern New Jersey, it's probably subs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Why is Bloomfield particularly associated with sandwiches? I just feel like all anyone eats in that entire region of the world is submarine sandwiches and all they ever talk about is what they're called. That's why That's why New Jersey is Shangri-La. Here's, here's another one of this. I really like this one a lot. This is, this is a good one from Blake. This is from Blake. What is a poop-eating dog's favorite candy? I give up. What is a poop-eating dog's favorite candy? Reese's feces. Yeah, all right. Sure. A dog's <laughs> named Reese or... Yeah. What's your poop-eating dog named Reese's favorite candy? Reese's feces. Reese would be a great name for a dog, by the way. Okay. Anyway, so I already sort of took my hand on this one. I have an opinion, but let me ask you, Jesse, should Audra impose the joke-telling tradition of St. Louis on Bloomfield, New Jersey, yes or no? Well, regional traditions are not something that can be unilaterally imposed, <laughs> so I'm going to say no. <laughs> I think it would take years to condition these kids to start telling jokes at your house and your house alone. It would be a real long learn. I once remember you saying to me, Jesse Thorne, when we started this podcast, it will take five years for anyone to even remember this podcast exists. <laughs> and that wasn't just something you said to discourage me. That was like research on radio shows. Like radio show, you had learned from public radio professionals that it takes five years for people to remember that a new show exists. So, I mean, how long would it take to train a generation of Bloomfieldian children to tell you a joke in order to get a Reese's feces? I don't know, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to go. I think you're going to get tricked if you don't give out those treats. You should tell them a joke, Audra. Tell them a joke. Get it. You, there are a whole bunch of them on this, on this website called Halloween jokes. When they show up, they, where do ghosts go on the holidays? The Bahamas. <laughs> Oh, brother. How do you know vampires love baseball? They turn into bats every night. Doesn't make any sense. No, oh, baseball bats. Well, just like baseball lovers turn into baseball bats. Yeah, night. that's why that joke works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but no way, Audra. Uh, your husband is correct. Don't do it. Here's something from Renee in San Diego, California. 
I want to give out pencils and erasers on Halloween this year because kids love stationery. Candy has gotten super expensive. My partner Bradford doesn't want to be known as the house that doesn't give candy, especially because we're new to the neighborhood. I think there's nothing wrong with giving cool stationery. And if he wants to give out candy too, he should pay for it himself. To me, it seems that there's a difference between being known as the house that doesn't give out candy and the house that doesn't give out candy, but instead hands out pencil sharpeners. Cool pencil sharpeners, though, John. Right. Like really cool ones like James Dean would use or Miles Davis. Gum erasers. I mean, if you were the house that gave out rubber cement, I'd be over there in a minute in my eucalyptus tree costume. <laughs> Get a big bag full of big pillowcase full of rubber cement for sure. That'd be cool. You can turn that into little bouncy balls. The thing that struck me is though, is that Renee is absolutely right. Candy's expensive. I didn't, I didn't think about this because I don't, you know, I don't eat candy. You know, every now and then I'll have a Zagnut bar. That's delicious. It's just, it's just a, a toasted coconut and peanut butter. Savory, not too sweet. I don't have a sweet tooth. I have an alcohol molar. Everyone knows this. But it's true. Candy prices are higher this year, and it depends on the company. Hershey Hershey candies are, on average, 14% more expensive than they were last year. Nestle is up by almost 10%. Mars, who makes the M's and the M's, which is a pretty good couple's costume, uh, is up the least by about 7%, according to news, news stories that I read. Candy is more expensive, but I took a look, and it's true that if you were to get on a popular online retailer, a 100-pack of Blue Summit Supplies pink erasers in bulk, you're going to spend 23 bucks For 50 Reese's Milk Chocolate Peanut Butter Cups in the pumpkin shape, for Halloween, that is, you're going to spend the same amount for 50 So it's true that Reese's uh, Cups, which are the best Halloween candy, right now cost twice as much as pink erasers. And you'd spend the same amount just for an 18 box of Zagnuts, which really made me sad. I really was hoping that Zagnut would be really cheap, so I could suggest that that's the one to go with. 18 box of Zagnuts cost 31 bucks right now. I mean, I don't want to sound like Dr. Oz here, but what's going on? Plus, for all your Halloween crudite, you need your salsa and your asparagus. Political joke. Don't laugh at it, Jesse. You're not allowed to. You have no political opinions whatsoever. And pencils, by the way, also also cheap compared to candy. You could get 150 pencils for $13. You probably get some, some monogrammed pencils or some custom printed pencils for not much more than that. I don't know. Pencils that say Happy Halloween on them. And they're already orange, right? So there you go. So what you're saying really does make sense, Renee. And we did, we did follow up with Renee, and she's a former educator, which is incredible. And she really believes children of all ages were thrilled to receive pencils and stationary products from her in the classroom. And her friends that teach agree that kids do, in fact, love stationary. That all probably feels true to me. If you are getting nice pens and paper or cool erasers from your favorite teacher in your classroom, I'm sure you'd be thrilled. But think of the child who reaches into your Halloween bowl and just comes out with their hand pierced by 15 pencils, sharp pencils. I don't care if they, if they say happy Halloween on them. Those children want candy. That's what they're out there for. This is a game of expectations, Renee. 
Pencils are great. Yes, I know. Compared to homework, but compared to peanut butter cups? Even if you put some, you know, some high-end pencils in there. What are we talking, black wings? Yeah, like a Palomino black wings or the Palomino black wing and pearl. I mean, very. there are probably some kids in the neighborhood who would truly appreciate those pencils, especially if they're dressed up as David Reese for Halloween. The ones that read Kotke. <laughs> yeah. You have those kids who will enjoy them. You should put some out. But yes, I I mean, I, I have to say, I, I, I'm going to rule in your favor that you should do this, Renee, because it's your Halloween and you need to run this experiment and see what happens. And please let me know if I'm wrong. If the children of San Diego go nuts. I mean, the fact is that for the kind of cool stationery you're talking about, I think it's going to be more than just a box of, you know, 23 bucks for a box of, you know, very generic pink erasers. You're probably going to be going expensive anyway, but I'll let you run the experiment. And in the meantime, you know, Bradford, go and spend your own, your own money and get some candy. Put out one bowl of candy, one bowl of cool erasers and, and, and you know, do a little research, see what happens. See what the kids love. They can take both, one or the other. In Park Slope, it's like, ah, gee, miss, this sure is a cool black wing pencil. Both my parents design typefaces for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's I why should. I know that. In Park Slope. I don't know that there's so many typeface designers around here as you think. I bet Steve Buscemi's designed typefaces. <laughs> I need to find Steve. I've never, I don't, I've never figured out where he lives and I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable because I enjoy him so much, but I would love to trick or treat at his house this year. You're just going to have to settle for trick or treating at Brooke Gladstone's house. It's yeah, never she's, settling. She's given out tote bags. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we come back, a dispute about scaring children. Plus, we'll catch up with our spirit Halloween expert, Aiden, about this year's hottest taunts. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. 
Judge Hodgman, we're taking a break from the case. What's going on with you? So obviously, uh, you can check out Dicktown on Hulu. And if you've already checked it out and haven't recommended it to a friend, please do so. Uh, we love that show. And um, we're really glad to have made it, David Reese and I. But in the meantime, I just wanted to follow up quickly. I had mentioned uh, in an earlier episode uh, when we were talking about all the things that were inspired by or an homage to the Shakespeare play Hamlet, that uh, a listener on Twitter had pointed out that the movie Strange Brew, the 1980s comedy movie by uh, uh, featuring the characters Bob and Doug McKenzie, played by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, Strange Brew is based directly on Hamlet in a very funny way. The brewery is called Elsinore. The uncle is called... Claude, it's very, it's it was a very direct. And I was very glad, but I couldn't remember who who it was on Twitter who had told me. So I asked, "Who is it?" And Kevin, listener Kevin, wrote in to point out that he had reminded me on Twitter. Um, but I also, which thank you by the way, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin deserves respect for that, and thank you, Kevin, for your letters about your your prank uh, 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 holiday cards, which are very funny, by the way. The thing, Kevin, about your prank holiday cards is everyone in the family is in on it. Meanwhile, I also had a letter from a different listener who had pointed this out on uh, the subreddit, the Maximum Fun subreddit, this connection between Hamlet and the movie Strange Brew. And I just wanted to read this letter to you because I think this is important. It's from Randall Cooper, and you'll understand why I'm saying both his first and last name. I heard your request for the person who reminded you that Strange Brew is based on Hamlet. I don't know if it was me on Reddit or someone else on Twitter. It was. But I did make the comment here on the subreddit. Ordinarily, I wouldn't bother taking credit, but I'm running for Congress. Amazing. In a long shot race in the 6th District of Tennessee, 538 handicaps it as an R plus 40 district. And so <laughs> I can use every bit of signal boost I can get, even if it's a reminder to your listeners to get out and vote for decent folks everywhere without specifically telling them to vote for me. I'm going to just tell them to vote for you. VoteRandallCooper.com. Early voting in Tennessee started on October 19th, and Nashville got chopped up into three districts specifically to try to help Republicans win the House. Essentially, they, they made a new district in Nashville to make it three to get an extra potentially probably Republican House member. Randall Cooper is a guy in Tennessee who didn't see anyone representing his values running for Congress in the sixth district. Um, the current uh, incumbent a uh, Republican uh, House member in the 6th District is an election denier. Uh, and so Randall Cooper just ran. And I really admire that, Randall, and I appreciate that. Whatever your values are, if you don't see them re represented in Congress, um, it's a hard thing to do, but it's an important thing to do to consider running for office. And if not, supporting people who do share your values. You can check out Randall Cooper, if you like, at, at voterandallcooper.com. I'm not telling you to vote for him or, or not. But I really do admire anyone who gets out there and tries to make a change. So thank you for that. And we got midterms coming up, everybody. So make sure that your values are represented in the midterms by volunteering. There's still time to do phone banking uh, and text banking at mobilize.us. Um, and obviously by voting and making a plan to vote and telling your friends and family who share your values to make plans to vote as well. Don't let them skip it. It's important. Jesse Thorne, what's going on in your world? Well, this is the spooky episode of Judge John Hodgman, and it is running concurrently with a spooky episode of my NPR interview program, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, that features, John, are you ready for this? <sighs> okay, I'm ready. It features the celebrated drag queen Monet Exchange Amazing. from Drag Race, legendary drag queen with an incredible story about uh, the craziest day in their entire career. 
Uh, we have an expletive on the show, but we bleep it. Uh, and two long interviews, one with Ana Fabrega, who is one of the co-creators and stars of, I think, maybe my favorite show on television, Los Espookies. Los Espookies. Which is, if you have not seen it, uh, it's on HBO and HBO Max and is probably my favorite show on TV right now. Like, it's so funny and so original, but most of all, so funny and very, very spooky. It's not actually very spooky at all. It's very friendly. Uh, it's weird, but it's not It's not very spooky. And an interview with one of the best-selling authors in American history, Jovial Bob Stein. Jovial Bob Stein, a.k.a. R.L. Stein? Primarily K.A. R.L. Stein, the creator of Goosebumps, um, who is just as delightful and sweet and charming and fascinating as you would expect the creator of Goosebumps who also wrote a number of joke books and edited a humor magazine under the name Jovial Bob Stein would be. He was as he was as jovial as it said on the package. Tell you what, guy reads his own email, reads his own fan mail. He's a good dude. R.L. Stein. Can't wait to hear those interviews. I'll tell you this. When I finished the interview, I said to R.L. Stein, Bob, my daughter is a huge Goosebumps fan and she's she's too scared to come to the computer and say hello to you. And he said, well, where is she? And he said, oh, she's just downstairs. I was in my house. She's just downstairs. And he said, well, go get her then. And I went and I said, hey, Grace, Arl Stein wants to talk to you. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, upstairs on the Zoom. She says, okay. And she went up and talked to Arl Stein. He was so sweet, had like a real little conversation with her and it made her month. Sweet yeah. guy, R.L. Stein. Bullseye on NPR and wherever you get your pods. Shall we get back to the docket? Let's do it. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. It's almost Halloween. A dispute has been brought to this court that makes us wonder, what are the best practices for scaring trick-or-treaters? It comes from Amy in Portland, Oregon. My husband, Ian, loves to wear costumes and surprise trick-or-treaters. Some parents laugh and come back year after year, but we've also had tiny children burst into tears and leave screaming. I've asked him to tone it down for young children. He says he can't tell if there are small children in a group of trick-or-treaters because he has low visibility in his costumes and hiding places. (laughs) Please order him to be less scary. Yeah. So Amy, to illustrate this, sent us a photo of Ian dressed as Frank uh, the rabbit from the movie Donnie Darko, a movie I've never seen because I've seen pictures of this rabbit and it's scary. And Ian dressed as Frank is in this photo sitting in the garage waiting for brave trick-or-treaters to get candy from him. Can you see this photo? Scroll down. It's a horrible photo. I mean, it's it's, it's horrible in every sense of the word. It is horrifying it's filled with horror and it's and it's also like it's 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 not a good photo but it's appropriately poorly taken to make it even more scary you know it's like a found footage horror movie if there was a such a thing as a found footage horror still (laughs) yeah this guy's dressed as the scariest rabbit in the world in the middle of truly one of the creepiest garages in portland i'm sure Sitting with a with a with a, a bowl of candy in his lap, you have to go up to this dude 
to get the candy. Now, admittedly, Amy writes that that bowl is full of full-size candy bars, which is pretty hot. That's a reward for whoever approaches him. She also says that, quote, sometimes he would remain still and other times he would jump unexpectedly, but that she dressed as a sparkle dancer from the movie Donnie Darko as well and handed out what they called consolation candy for anyone too afraid to approach Ian. He's deep in the garage. Yes, that's right. It's a deep garage and he's deep in it. So you have to go all the way into the garage and who knows, the, the door might slam closed behind you. I know that I, I don't believe in good, 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 good ghosts. You're no Mike Mitchell. No, I don't believe that I will be possessed by the devil anymore as I used to when I was a child. And I've told the story before, but when I was a child, I accidentally found the paperback copy of uh, my parents' copy of The Exorcist and they had some photos from the movie in it. And I knew what it was about. And I guess I had read the Mad Magazine parody of it. And I was so upset by the idea that the devil could take over your body no matter how good you were because I was very invested in being a good boy. And I didn't like the idea that the devil, the ultimate bad boy, could just take over this good boy. And I knew that it would happen at night in bed and the, one of the first signs would be the bed would start shaking. And I got so scared that my bed did start shaking because my heart was pounding. And I don't believe in ghosts because that's just too optimistic for, for me. To imagine, because, you know, you believe in a Bigfoot, that's one thing. There's, there are unfound creatures out there, sure. But if it's a ghost, that would be proof that there is probably something after life. And that just feels a little optimistic to me these days. I don't want to get my hopes up. I know that things aren't real, but the most terrified I've ever been was when I went with my family to Universal Studios in California around Halloween time and they had their nights of terror or whatever it was. And you just walk into a building and walk through a pathway full of people like Ian dressed in horrifying costumes in scary settings. And they kind of lunge at you, but they never, they're never going to touch you. They're never going to touch you. You had your Frankenstein, this is universal, right? So you had your Frankensteins, you had your mummies, you had all of your classic, your creatures of the Black Lagoon, et cetera. Was it the Tom Cruise mummy? Yeah, it was the Tom Cruise mummy. It was all the mummies. They're going to take, believe me, Universal's going to take advantage of every mummy they got. It was all the mummies. Tom Cruise, Brendan Fraser, Steve Martin. <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. Whatever sure. the case. Why not? And there were some Chuckies in there as well. I know that these are people in costumes. And I, I've never been more viscerally terrified in my life. I mean, I don't think I've ever been as scared other than it was the feeling of standing above a cliff. Even with a railing there, you feel like, or like the top floor of an observatory in a tall, tall skyscraper. Nothing like that. This, I felt, was like someone could go rogue and worst case scenario, touch my neck, which would be bad enough. <laughs> and I can't use the excuses like my kids were there, so I was afraid on their behalf. I was running. The kids were far behind me. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't be in here anymore. I didn't like it. Ian, you're too scary. Too scary, dude. That's so scary. This is so, so scary. I'm scared looking at this. I can't imagine. It's thrilling. Don't get me wrong, Ian. It's absolutely thrilling. But it's really, really scary. 
So what do I do about this? I don't want to, I don't want to stifle this guy's house of horrors. I mean, some people love being scared. The people come back year after year, want to get freaked out by this guy. What's the solution? Do I shut the garage door on this guy forever or what, Jesse Thorne? What do you think? I think the idea that he sometimes jumps out and sometimes sits still is a telling detail because both of those are equally terrifying. <laughs> and to pretend there is a distinction there. in a, I'm looking at a still photograph and I'm imagining that being a real thing in the real world that was sitting perfectly still. That's terrifying enough. And I think the idea that there are consolation candies for kids who can't go through with it, it's just cruel. <laughs> the, only, the only children who deserve this kind of treatment are trick-or-treating 15 and 16-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Look, I think that the idea of consolation candy is a good one, but Amy and Ian, I think you have it backwards. I don't think that you offer a nice treat as consolation. You lead with the nice treat. I think there should be a nice person at the front door who is Amy, who gives all kids some delicious candy. And then Amy, you can size them up. If they seem like the right age, the right level of daring, a little bit of these thrill seekers. You can send those kids around the corner or to, to the garage. And you can say, you know, if you want a full-size candy bar, you can go in the garage and get one there. But I'm going to warn you, it's scary. Dare you do it? And then it's up to the kids whether or not they do it or not. It's their fault if they get too scared. And you're not sending any little kids in there either. That's the way I can't be there, Amy. I wish I could. I wish it could be a 12-foot Judge of the damned in your front yard, but you have to be the judge instead. Now, Judge Hodgman, what? speaking, uh. speaking, speaking of scary Halloween stuff, what? we have a friend of Judge John Hodgman joining us. Oh, I know this is true. Aiden, the co-founder of the Spirit Halloween Fan wiki a regular judge john hodgman listeners will remember we found out about this fan wiki when we were uh made aware of a spirit halloween store product called the harvester of souls yeah a truly terrifying halloween decoration <laughs> what we call an animatronic like a moving a moving skeletal statue berobed and terrifying and holding a small animatronic child and sucking the soul out of its mouth. Isn't that right, Aiden? Is that the Harvester of Souls? Yes, that is correct. And then we discovered that you uh, co-administer this, uh, this fan wiki for all Spirit Halloween products. And here's I'm looking at the Harvester of Souls webpage now that you put together. And where, where are we still on the, are we still on it? Uh, you should be. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Number one. Number one in the trivia section, The Harvester of Souls, along with this article, is featured in the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Uh, we last spoke to you about a year ago, uh, appropriately, Halloween time. Yep. Um, if you want to, uh, everyone wants to go back and listen to that, that's episode 540, Spooky Day, Spooky Night. Uh, but, let's, uh, but let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about the present. Uh, how, are you, how are you, Aiden? How's your, how's your Halloween season going? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm way into the Halloween season, as I'm sure right. you all know. It's uh it's very much so a process, an all-involving process. So I'm I'm very deep into it now. But no, I'm doing well. You you are wearing a a shirt that seems to have a lot of pumpkins on it. That is true. Yes, you have a very David S. Pumpkins vibe going on right now. 
and you are in what looks like a, a terrifying basement uh, with a with an unfinished ceiling and a single ha- a single bulb in a socket above you. The sort of basement that you might find a Donnie Darko in. Yeah. Yes. But you have some Halloweeny lights going on and so forth. And oh, there's a, a coffin behind you opening and closing with the words RIP on it. Just to paint a word picture for our listeners. Yes, that's right. I am currently in this year's haunted house that I run. Um, I am right in the middle of it. I thought this would be a good place to record. When you say you run this haunted house, is this a, a new venture or do you just make your own house haunted? I just, what I usually do is I run um, a charity event through my basement. Um, right. So people will give uh, food to our local food cupboard uh, as admission. So I've been doing this for many years now. Um, it's kind of an annual thing here, but it goes through my basement and that's where I am right now. Now, I understand there's been a big change in your life. You are working for Spirit Halloween. Is that true? I am. Yes. Wow. This is a special exception to our buzz marketing rules. It's only out of our respect and regard for you, Aiden, that we would make this exception. Well, thank you. <laughs> Halloween dreams come true. What are you doing and uh, for Spirit Halloween these days? So I am kind of the spirit specialist for my local store and local spirit district. So if there's a problem with an animatronic or a problem with a display, I am in there fixing them. I was doing it mere hours ago. Um, I, I have normal shifts, but I'm also on call all the time if anything needs to be fixed. You're like the geek squad for the Harvesters of Souls? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. How many spirit districts are there in the spirit world? <laughs> <laughs> there are <laughs> hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds of districts. There are, the way it works is there are a couple stores owned by a zone manager, a district manager. Um, yeah. So I am on call for my specific couple stores in my area. How did how did this come about? Did you just apply or did they hear about you on a certain podcast and call you and say, we need, we need, to, we need a ghost fixer? Well, I have been going to my local spirit stores for so long that I'm kind of known around the area, but um, right. I do have some friends over at corporate um, who put in a good word for me, of course, but it was really just animatronics break a lot and they just need someone who knows how to fix them. So when your harvester of souls is grinding gears, who are you going to call? Ghost fixer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess that Aiden got this job by... Working it at Kmart, and then when Kmart went out of business, he just waited until it became a Spirit Halloween store. Yeah, I just stayed in the store and waited <laughs> until they came in. I do, I do love the aspect of Spirit Halloween because a lot, of, a lot of them are pop up shops for the for the season, right? Correct. And I love, I do, I do love how one aspect of the Spirit Halloween retail experience is that, that spooky old abandoned storefront suddenly has a new owner. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And it's they've kind of embraced that now. If you look at their social media, they're they're saying, "Yeah, we go into old abandoned spaces and we love it." That's they're taking advantage of it. All right, so this is what everyone wants to know. What are the hottest haunts? What are the biggest new animatronics? What's the what's the hot ticket in the in the scare department? Got it. All right. Well, if you're looking for um, something that's going to be like a jump scare, something that's actually going to jump out at you, right. I would probably go with um, this new animatronic this year called Lil Skelly Bones, <laughs> which is actually. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it? I'm trying to search this up. Is it Little Skelly Bones or Lil Skelly Bones? Oh, it is Lil. 
Little skelly bones. Okay. Okay. I got you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there are two of them. There is one from 2015 on a swing. And then there is the one from this year, which is crouched down on the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. So the crouch down one, it pops up incredibly fast um, and picks its head up. And it is terrifying. I had to fix one earlier today and it scared me while I was working on it. Oh, no. So it is yeah. it is pretty horrifying. It's small, but it, it, it is child height. So if you want to get the kids, it is uh, small, but powerful. Look at it that. is small, Three but powerful. Foot. Oh, it packs a punch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's like doing a little peekaboo. It's a little crouched skeleton. And then every now and then it goes, does it make a noise? It does. It it speaks and it says, um, what does it say? Really scary things. Um, I can't remember the phrases right now, but maybe something it's, like, Aiden, you cannot fix me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. To you? They, they whisper to me in my dreams. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely on the, uh, the jump scare side. Um, but if you're looking for something that's more, you know, creep factor. Yeah. Creepy, moody. Yeah. Something like that. I would say what my personal, and this is my personal favorite for the year overall, um, is this thing called Lord Raven. I'm so excited that you went to Lord Raven. Cause I was just scrolling down. I'm like, Oh, I'll, I need to talk to him about Lord Raven. Lord Raven is in fact, sitting in the room next to me. I am a big fan He's my favorite of the year, um, and he's just, he's got this really cool animation, and he's just really kind of gothic and creepy overall. He has a bird face that looks a little bit like a plague mask. Yes. Uh, with red glowing eyes and long, uh, long dangling ragged black cloth arms and uh, in a sort of hooded ball gown. With uh, with diaphanous feathery fabric bits at the bottom. So I'm going to look at the video of Lord Raven in action. Hang on. Yeah, and he's got this really cool head animation where he does like a head bobble that comes out towards you. It's it's pretty neat. I, that's really scary. <laughs> Did you guys see that video? Pretty distressing. I like that they shot the video in Aiden's basement. <laughs> <laughs> He says things. He says things like, I am unfixable, Aiden. <laughs> they're all talking. They're all taunting me. They're all taunting you. It's incredible. Hey, you got any uh, 12-foot lawn skeletons over there? I do not. Um, I, you know, I, I hate to go to Home Depot, but they do have some great stuff. Yeah. That's where you get the 12-foot lawn skeleton. That's where you get your 12-foot stuff. I do have the 12-foot witch this year. I did get her. But I did not get any of the skeletons now. Why don't they have any 12 footers at, uh, at uh, Spirit? You know, that's actually something I asked some of my friends over who work in the business. And it is um, it is because the variety of stores that they set up in, some of them are not yeah. tall enough. So right. Right. they just can't be sure that they're going to be able to set one up. Got it. I understand. What's the tallest lawn skeleton you got? The tallest thing I own is, um, I think, it, yeah, it is the twelve foot witch. Um, the the yeah. tallest thing on the market is from Home Depot, and it's a fifteen foot phantom. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep it in the spirit Halloween family. Yes, <laughs> Spirit Halloween is not just a store; it is also now a major motion picture. Is this correct? This is true. Tell me about Spirit Halloween movie. Well. Um, I actually have a personal connection to this film. Um, okay. 
you're a big fan of Spirit Halloween. Yeah, that's my personal <laughs> connection. Um, no, this this movie, um, it's basically a movie about kids who stay overnight in a Spirit Halloween store. It's night um, at the museum, but in a in a Spirit Halloween store on Halloween. Essentially, yes. Right. Um, and the animatronics come to life. It's a whole big thing. And there's one animatronic in the film called Nightcrawler. Um, yeah. And he was one that came out in 2020 and they used him for the film. And I believe I'm okay to say this now. My Nightcrawler is the one that's used in the film. Wow. Your proprietary Nightcrawler? The one that I bought in 2020 is being was used in this film. Let me just say to Adam Savage, our, our friend and listener who's very famous uh, uh, special effects and uh, model maker, film buff, uh, internet and television personality, and prop replicator, you can go eat some Reese's feces, Adam Savage, because Aiden's got the actual thing. He doesn't, you know, you replicate a Nightcrawler. You got the one that was used in Spirit Halloween, the movie. Aiden's Nightcrawler has met Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> that, this is true. This is true. Oh, yeah. Rachel Lee Cook is in this movie. Christopher Lloyd is in this movie. It's quite the cast. Yep. And have you seen it? You know what? I actually have not. Um, it just came onto the on-demand streaming services yesterday. Um, oh, okay. And I've been very busy at work and with my own haunt. I have not been able to see it, but I was planning on watching it tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, so. we've all got our own, our, our, our own haunts. So yes. we can't see everything. <laughs> so you're going to see it tonight? Are you getting together with some friends? I was hoping to do a little viewing party with some of my friends. Or is it just going to be you and your animatronics? I, it might be that too. We'll see what happens. Um, I can't promise anything. <laughs> you set up uh, set up Nightcrawler and Mr. Dark and Teddykins. Now, Teddykins is one that was made for the film. He's not a real product, but everything else there is real products. Oh, Teddykins? Okay, so I watched the, the, the trailer for this. I presume Teddykins is the scary, giant, walking teddy bear? That is correct, yes. I got you. Okay. What's your favorite scary movie? Do you like to watch scary movies during the Halloween season, Aiden? Um, my claim to fame among my friends is that I've never seen a horror movie. Wow, really? I know. I, I am completely in the dark when it comes to horror movies, and I think I don't watch horror movies now because I think it's funny that I've never seen one. You've never seen like the movie Halloween, for example? Nope. You ever see the movie Spirited Away? Not a horror movie, but it, I have not. <laughs> it's got spirit in the title, and I it's know that true. you like that. Well, you should definitely see Spirited Away. Let me say something to you about this thing about not seeing horror movies because you kind of don't want to break the streak. It's part of your brand now. Right. Guy's got a, a, a million spirit of Halloween creepy animatronics in his basement, but he won't see a he won't see the movie Halloween. I get it. It's fun. When I was in fourth grade, for whatever reason, I started growing my hair long, and this wasn't done at that time. And I kept having my long hair, and it got longer and longer throughout high school and into college. By the time I went to college, I hated it, and I I did the worst thing possible. I put it up in a bun because I didn't I didn't have the here. Let me let me let me. We've been talking about some Halloween jokes. You know why the skeleton was afraid? Why? Didn't have the guts. Ah. <laughs> didn't have the guts. I didn't have the guts <laughs> to break the brand and cut my hair become a new person. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that you have to watch a Halloween movie. You do whatever you want with your life. But I'm just saying if you you know, don't don't let committing to a bit interfere with your growth as a human being. There are good scary movies out there. Mm. No, it's true. I've 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 wanted to watch scary movies, but it's either I don't have the time or I'm committing to the bit. So, 
wait a minute. If you now you're in an existential crisis because if you watch Spirit Halloween the movie, that's a scary movie. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's not the it's not uh, it's not the scariest movie. I'm sure. I mean, it's for probably for all ages ish. You know, scariest movie is Hocus Pocus too. It is definitely a scary movie. So maybe tonight's the night. It it might be. You never know. I I will have to fill everyone in. We'll we'll see what happens. I look forward to your review. I mean, you were, were you there when they were shooting it? I was not. No. How did they get your Nightcrawler? <laughs> well, that that's a funny story. Um, one of my friends who is actually a listener of this podcast and who um works at Spirit Corporate. Uh, her name is Gina. Hi, Gina. She's the one who actually told me about this podcast first. And she is the she is, you know, a higher up at Spirit. And she called mm-hmm. me one day and said, I can't tell you why, but can I have your Nightcrawler? And so she sent me a shipping label and I mailed it out to there wherever they were shooting. And um, I never saw it again. You didn't get it back? They burned it afterwards? Um, Actually, literally, yes, they burned it. What are you talking about? They burned it. Um, In the trailer, I believe you can see it set on fire, I think. Or is it in the extended trailer? I can't remember. I don't remember exactly what a nightcrawler is. Can you describe it to me so that I can make sure I don't miss it? It is an on-all-fours demon with an extended mouth. It's an on-all-fours demon with an extended oh, mouth, of course. It has yeah. the extended you know. mouth. That's a nice feature. Yeah, yeah it good. is. So they destroy... I'm just going to believe that they didn't actually destroy it, and it's actually on display at a Planet Hollywood in Hong Kong somewhere or something. Look, I actually brought that Nightcrawler on vacation with me one year, <laughs> so I have an emotional attachment to that Nightcrawler, so you know, I'd love to believe that it's safe somewhere. Where what where did you and Crawley go on vacay? We went to Alexandria, Virginia one year and I thought it would be funny to set it up in our VRBO and I I did exactly that. So Gina took your night did she tell you that she was going to destroy it for the movie? <laughs> there was never any talks of destroying it. I I just hope that they had multiple and mine wasn't the one that got destroyed, but I really don't know. Well, you st- even if that's, I mean, I'm sure that they did have a backup Nightcrawler. I, I've, I've worked on some professional sets. They usually have two or three Nightcrawlers just in case. Right. Yeah. You know, but even if they didn't destroy yours, you haven't gotten yours back yet. I never got mine back. They did send me a new one, though. Oh, okay. So you got a new Nightcrawler. I got a new Nightcrawler. Yes. Where did they shoot this one? This movie? I believe it was in Georgia. Yeah, that makes sense. Tax breaks. And where are you again? I am in the Philadelphia area. Right. Look, when they do, and they're going to do it, they're going to Spirit of Halloween 2, the next one, we got to go on a set visit. You, me, and Jesse and Jennifer, okay? All right. Tell Gina. Gina, I know you're listening. You should have you flown Aiden in for, for the filming of the first one. You should have let him see his Nightcrawler be destroyed with his own eyes. This is true. But uh, you can make up for it next year with set visit for all of us. We'll go to we'll go to Atlanta. We'll have a good old time. We'll see Chuck Bryant, and you know I want to be on set with Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> all right, I've got some I got some quick questions for you all before right. we let you go. When you were growing up, did you go trick or treating? I did. Yes. Was it a requirement that you tell a joke in order to get candy? That was never a requirement. No. You never heard of that in your life, right? I have not. All right. If you went trick or treating, someone said you got to tell me a joke first. What would you do? Um. I'd probably try and think of a quick joke just to get some candy out of the deal, but um, I'm I'm not really sure. Waste of energy. Just move on. Just say no thank it's you. True, I don't work for true. you. I'm the demon, not you. I'm the trickster, <laughs> not you. If you went to a house, this is, these pertain to some of the, our cases this week. If you went to a house and they weren't giving out candy, they were giving out um, erasers and pencils. How would you feel? 
Um, betrayed. Yeah, I think that's right. Betrayed. <laughs> it's a social contract, everybody. Renee, don't you'll find out. You'll find out what happens. Last question, Aiden. Why didn't the skeleton go to prom? Ooh. Um, I'm afraid I don't know the answer to that. He had no body to go with. I should have known the answer to that. You can, if they ask you for, if they make you tell a joke. Hey, if you have a joke, if you tell me a joke before we go, I'll uh, send you a Zagnut bar. I'll send you a box of 18, actually. (laughs) Zagnut? I've never had Zagnut. (laughs) You've never had Zagnut? Nope. I'm going to send you Zagnuts. You don't have to tell a joke on Halloween. I'm going to send you a box of 18 Zagnuts. Really? Oh, well, thank you. Are you allergic to coconut? I am not. Are you allergic to peanut butter? Nope. Because that's all it is. Toasted coconut and peanut butter in bar form. Zagnut. Interesting. Do me a favor. If I get this to you before Halloween, keep one for yourself. Give out the Zagnut bars and tell me how kids react to it. I can do that. I appreciate that. Aiden, it's really nice to talk to you every year. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you guys as well. Uh, Have a very happy Halloween. And uh, please let us know what you think of the movie. Spirit Halloween, the movie. We're not getting paid to keep (laughs) talking about this. It's just so astonishing. I know. I was quite shocked when I first heard about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's on streaming, and I presume it's also playing uh, in abandoned movie theaters across the country. <laughs> that would be very on brand. Uh, yeah, and, part- we'll, and we'll have you back uh, next month to talk about your experiences at the Thanksgiving store. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Aiden, before we go, are you public on any social medias, the most terrifying medias? Uh, in the world, what what where 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 can people find you if they want to find you? So I have an Instagram that I am pretty active on. Uh, it's just a i d a n the letter k and then two thousand four. Um, uh-huh. it's just you know name last initial birth year. Um, and I'm pretty active on there. I do lots of updates for my haunt and all sorts of stuff like that. I'll be posting videos and everything like that. Um, and then I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is my full name, Aiden K, K-A-Y-E. Uh, and that's where I post all the teasers and stuff for The Haunt itself. So Fantastic. And The Haunt is raising money for your local food cupboard. If you're not donating everybody to your local food pantry or food cupboard or, or, uh, or a similar charity, you should do so, especially these days with the holidays coming on. It's getting cold out there and it's getting expensive out there. So yep. thank you very much for your service, Aiden. Thank you. And now uh, I will say good evening to you. The docket is clear. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Our editor is Valerie Moffat. Follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO, and check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. That's at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Hey, we're still looking for board game disputes. They're piling in. Uh, but we still have not had any disputes regarding Parcheesi, which is a little bit of a disappointment to me. Also, no clue disputes. I'm really surprised there haven't been any clue disputes. Did you ever have a fight with someone over a game of Clue gone wrong? Also, would love to hear any disputes or any memories you might have of the Mad Magazine board game, one of my favorite board games when I was a kid. The goal was to lose all your money. There was also a $3 million bill. <laughs> of course, we're you to hear all of your disputes. How do, how do people send them in, Jesse? MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. That's MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. There's a form there. You type it in. No dispute too big or too small. You know what the scariest Halloween costume in uh, my neighborhood growing up was? No. 
It's a teenager who says he's dressed as Jerry Rice, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. But then also all his teenage buddies are also dressed as Jerry Rice of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh-huh. And it's actually just because they're all Norteños. Knock, knock. Who's there? Howl. Howl who? Howl you know unless you open the door. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, happy Halloween, everyone. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.